You're listening to the Experience Sikhi podcast, a deeper look into the Sikh identity. We present to you open, honest, and inspiring stories. No armor, pretense, or sugarcoating. Welcome to the Experience Sikhi podcast. I'm Dilraj Singh. We begin the podcast by acknowledging that we are meeting on Aboriginal land that has been inhabited by Indigenous peoples from the beginning. As settlers, we're grateful for the opportunity to meet here, and we thank all the generations of people who have taken care of this land for thousands of years. In particular, we acknowledge the traditional territory of the Anishinaabek and the Huron-Wendat. Also, just some reminders, if you like the podcast, please remember to comment, rate, and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play. You can also send us questions and feedback at podcast at Once again, that's podcast at our guest today is Jaswinder Kaur. Jaswinder Kaur is a chiropractic student who does seva with experience Sikhi and Gursevak Sevadar. She has a diverse background, including a biomedical science degree, doula, personal trainer, sonography, and now chiropractic. In her spare time, she teaches Santya, Gurmukhi classes, engages in Gurmukh camps, and gym and jap. So here's Jaswinder Kaur. Wahiguji ka khalsa, Wahiguji ki fateh. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you doing? Good. I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. We escaped the bad weather yesterday. So was there bad weather yesterday? <laughs> for a regular driver, yes, it was. It was terrible. <laughs> but anyway, we're glad to have you here today. Do you want to start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um. Yes. Okay. My passion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Here so go. passions and hobbies, I guess, for me... Um. Like, I really like going to the gym and working out. I like learning a lot. Don't like being tested so much, but I like learning. And yeah. I think that just comes down to, like, when people are talking, I like to know what's going on. I don't want to be, like, the dumb person in the room. Yeah. So that's, like, my biggest thing of why I want to know what's going on. Teaching Santia is, like, my favorite thing in the, my life. Don't think I've stopped doing that since I was, like, 15. So, wow. like, 10 years of teaching Santia and teaching Gurmukhi class. And I think one of the biggest things I'm really passionate about is the human body and how it can essentially heal itself if you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Your body is very smart and it can tell you what's going on, but most of us tend to ignore it. Um, and the biggest, my biggest goal in life, I guess, would be that I want to create a space for Bibia. I'm doing that through maybe like Adinus or Akan, like the Bibia Kanfarsad that happens every year. Santel classes, which are solely for Bibia. I just know how it feels to always be put to the side because I'm a BB. So it's like, let's the only people who can actually make a space for you would be BB, hmm. right? Um, Family-wise, I'm the third daughter. <laughs> so I guess a lot of like Indian people would know that if you're like the third daughter, there's a lot of discrimination that comes along with that. So I've always had to prove myself to my family, mm-hmm. to my relatives. Like Straight up, we were. T- I was told like my whole life that you should have been adopted. You should have been sent away. And many people tried to. Yep. So I had to always show them that I like I'm worth it. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's, you did a good job keeping me. So I'm gonna like work really hard to prove how like successful I can be. Mm-hmm. And then I have a really hard working family though. Like my dad, my sisters, my brother—they're all extremely successful and they're all really hard working. So like yep. I'm surrounded by people like that, which makes me want to be um, really strong and like have a good work ethic as well. Like, I don't want to be left behind. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like the comparative type where I'm like around people. I'm like, all oh, these people are really smart. All these people are hardworking. I need to yeah. be as well. Yeah. Um, like, if I'm surrounded by people who don't want to work, I get like frustrated. Yeah. And I, all of them are business minded. So like, that's something that kind of invested into me too mm-hmm. now. And uh, educational background wise, like you said before, it's pretty like random. <laughs> it stayed in STEM mostly, like it's in science, but it kind of yeah. goes all around. I went from like a degree in biomedical science. I have no idea why I chose it. I just mm-hmm. chose science and I chose Ryerson. Um, I got to go with four of my best friends. So like we went to high school together and then we did our degree together. Yep. And we did every class together, all our labs together. Mm-hmm. So essentially it was like really comfortable. And then... From there, I started to apply to different programs like midwifery, occupational therapy, recreational therapy, physical therapy, chiropractic, ultrasound, respiratory therapy. Yep. And then there was a lot of ups and downs there. Didn't get in sometimes, got in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Had to like fix my GPA, 
get different certifications, get more yeah. experience, and then try to get and got into the program I actually wanted. Interesting. Yeah. So before, we're going to dive into that as well <laughs> in terms of your successes and perceived failures throughout your academic career. But turning to Sikhi for a little bit, when did your journey into Sikhi begin? Was it during your childhood or did that stage come later in life? Well, I we're like born in Amritsari family. Mm-hmm. So it's very like my whole life been going to the Gurdwara every week. Been in Santhya like since I was a kid. Like my first Japji Sabral was when I was six years old, seven years old, oh, like, wow. in my dad's Godi. So like we've always been at the Gurdwara and we've always been in the Sangat of like Mahapurshas and mm-hmm. like many Gursiks as well. Santia was like a thing. Kirtan class was a thing. I didn't like it as a kid. Yeah. I think I wanted to go play with my friends. And yeah. it was like a lot of rules and restrictions on you. Mm-hmm. But we were essentially always like in Sikhi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back and forth a few times because we would go to like just Dev Singh's gourmet camps at Malton. Yep. And I would go there and I'd be around all these like Gursik kids. And I'd be like, I want to take Amrit because mm-hmm. everybody else was Amritai. Yeah. And then my dad would be like, no. <laughs> like, no, you can't take Amrit because it's a big deal. Yeah. Right. And then I'd be like, no, I can do it. And he'd be like, okay, and then you have to prove yourself, right? Like, wear your panch kakas, mm-hmm. do your nitinim. And I would do it for like a month. And then I would go to school and then be around my school friends. And I'd be yeah. like, I want to be like them now. Yeah. And so I was like, that was a good way to test me as well. Mm-hmm. But then in high school, I met, well, my sister had met like everybody in ES. Yep. At that point, it was SYF. And then she kind of like forced me to come to everything. And I was like, really annoyed. <laughs> yeah. but then eventually it just started showing up more and more and i started like actually getting inspired by yeah. the sangat like syf because i was like these people although i've been around youth and sikhi my whole life i thought syf was very different mm-hmm. like their piyad for sikhi was so deep rooted yep. and a lot of them came into sikhi before after like they weren't born in sikhi mm-hmm. so their version of sikhi was very beautiful and I just got more and more inspired by them. And I was more, more so, it was like, these people are really normal. Yeah. But yeah. Like, they like like to play volleyball. They like to like go do like the most randomest things. But they also would start many things like, let's do Amritvanda together. Yeah. And then let's go skiing or whatever. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very easy for them to kind of uh, bring Sikhi into all parts of their life. Yeah. Which I hadn't really seen. So that was cool. And then pretty much just went to SYF camp. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of it. This is like what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I told my dad again. And he's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, this time it was different though. Like when I when I was telling him, I wasn't asking him. I was telling him. Mm-hmm. And wow. so then it was different. I didn't, re- I wasn't like, even if you give me permission or not, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And um, then I took Amrit, started doing Sangat with ES like more and more. Started Santia with Paisad and everybody mm-hmm. else. And then I got to meet Bhagati. Like, again, because we've known Babaji my whole life like, since yep. I was a kid. But this is, like, where I actually start to understand, like, the depth of what Babaji is. Mm-hmm. Before, they were just, like, like Babaji. Yeah. Now, I was like, oh, this is, like, Bhagaji. This is, like, a Mahapurush. Mm-hmm. Starting Sangat with them and then everything from there, just even more to Sikhiya. You've also, you mentioned this in your little um, introduction to yourself. Ajni News. What is it and why did you create it? Ajzi News stands for Amrit and Jesse's News, AJ. <laughs> uh, it's essentially a space for Bibbiya. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen, like, I'm on social media quite a bit, um, and I see, like, lots and lots of things, right? Mm-hmm. But I, one thing I hadn't seen was a space for, like, an Amritari Gursahu Bibbi to kind of show the world from our, from our lens. Mm-hmm. And... I think even like Sings, there's lots, there's Sings who do this too, right? But uh, a Sings world versus a Bibi's world and the modern world is very different. Yep. Uh, they have challenges, we have challenges, but they're different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we just wanted to create a space for that. There were so many times where like I would go in to do something and I was, the only reason why I got to do a lot of sales I got to do Gaur Prasad was because like I knew people from the inside. Mm. Yeah. And that was the only reason why I got so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. But for many Bibian, like they sit there their whole life looking at the takht and like hoping one day I get to do Jawar side, but yep. no one ever is going to ask them because they don't, first, they might not have a dastar, they mm-hmm. might not keep their case, they might also wear the star and still not be asked, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's how hard it is for Bibian to kind of be put on the fore, forefront. Yep. And so for me, I was like, I don't want to other Bibian to feel that way because I know how it feels mm-hmm. to be like looked as a second class sometimes um until i proved myself over and over again yep 
And so that was a big part. Like, I just want to create a space for these guys where they can ask us questions. I have Bibian come up to me and say, like, I had no idea Bibian could even sit on takht. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the types of things I hear. Or, like, and I was like, yo, what are we doing wrong? Like, yep. There's something going on that we need to create a space for them. That was the biggest part about Ajni News. And, like, Ajni News is very, like, different, right? Mm-hmm. We make jokes. We make yeah. sicky videos. We make, like, comedy skits. We make, like, most random. Con- it like, has no, like, order. Kind of yeah. just, we just post whatever we want. Mm-hmm. But it's been a really good space where we've connected with BBM from all around the world. I never yeah. would have thought we would have networked with this many BBM as well. Why do you think that global network of BBM is important? Because a lot of times some of the challenges may be, I guess, concentrated in a certain city or a certain block of Sangat. So why is it important to reach out and, and branch out? I think being a BB, you feel lonely in general. Hmm. Um, you... Like I go, although we have a very strong group of people in ES and mm-hmm. Crusader, like, right? That's when we we do that because we're lonely in mm-hmm. in school and yeah. at work. We're always the only ones, and so we have to go into Sangat and be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is like my family. This is where I finally feel like I don't have to act a specific way, dress a specific way, mm-hmm. anything. I didn't just be myself. Yep. So creating that network of bb around the world kind of reminds them oh yeah there's people like me mm-hmm. right like the challenges that i hear from people because that happens a lot yep. with the seva that we do we have people calling us texting us like always like they need advice or whatever mm-hmm. it is right their challenges are all very similar and when they find out oh like even this benji's going to that or that's benji's going it's like yeah. oh it kind of unites you mm-hmm. right and the other thing is like these bibia they they're like thirsting for any sangat. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I hear from a lot of them is like, Benji, we don't have sangat like you guys, right? Yeah. And like, yeah, you we're like in Sikhi and stuff, but we can't find people who are in Sikhi like us. And then mm-hmm. when they're there, you just have to like open your arms out because we be are a little bit more closed off. It takes long for long time. Yep. But you kind of have to just like see where there's potential. Open your arms to like anybody who is even showing a little bit of love, mm-hmm. right? And then like that's it like it's kind of just like a space where you can remind people that we're all the same yeah i think i don't know if i answered that question very well oh no you did um part of that also is there are very few bbia who engage in fitness training but do so on a public level so for example having um, a service or a page where they're promoting it especially in the gosik field so for as someone who engages in fitness training, how did Sikhi inspire that mission or inform that passion? Babaji. <laughs> Babaji, like my whole life, like, you know, like we meet a lot of saints, right? Mm-hmm. And even at ES, like the amount of people we've got to have darshan yeah. of in the last few years is insane. Mm-hmm. It's not normal for people to have darshan of that many saints in your life. Yeah. Um, but Babaji was like always doing like the most randomest things. Like as a kid, if I would like, yawn they'd be like go outside and play on the trampoline right like there's videos of babaji playing horsey with the kids right like there's videos of babaji playing like games with like other gyanis Mm -hmm. i think there's a picture gyanis shares thing with babaji making the new exercise like babaji is just like yo move your body right there's pictures of babaji at like syf camp climbing a rope or there's a rope around them and they're telling people to pull them so that they can do resistance training Mm -hmm. and i always thought that was fun I yeah. was like, like people used to say oh i can't sit for that long it makes my legs tired mm-hmm. and I'm like, who said you have to sit yeah like you can do part standing then walk around and do your part so like mm-hmm. why did guru make like good kasabs instead of everybody have house senchi right yeah. you can walk around with a good kasab mm-hmm. right why did guru make move month instead of also guru granth says you, you can walk around do move month yeah. you don't have to have it's easier to memorize move month versus guru granth mm-hmm. so like Bhagati kind of implemented that huge part that you just be strong. Like nowadays, like I meet so many people who are like, Ben, like I really want to sit for a role for it. Mm-hmm. It's like there's some sort of issue, right? That yep. you can't do these things because this is not a common thing that you can't sit cross-legged for two hours if you're like 15, 20 years old mm-hmm. or anything, right? Like yep. you should be able to do those things. But if you can't do it now, then I don't expect us to do it when we're 20, 30, 40, and all the way up. Yep. Right? So that was a big thing Pagaji taught me. Interesting. Um, 
there's a lot to your specific journey of Sikhi because I think you've been exposed to a lot of people and you've also been exposed to a lot of perspectives mm-hmm. in terms of we have the fitness, we have the growth for Bibia specifically, we have the Santia. Does it ever get too much? How do you organize all of these thoughts, all of these perspectives and all of these priorities within your Sikhi? Because you're also going to balance a career. We'll get into that. But I feel like sometimes when you have all of these things going on, even though they're all related to Sikhi, it can become hard to organize them, to prioritize them and engage in all of them. So does that present a challenge to you? How do you make time for everything? What does that look like? Um, Honestly, I don't find it that challenging. Mm-hmm. And that's because like I have like Amrit and then yeah. Benji and Sapri Benji. Like, we have like us five who... We bounce ideas off of and like as invested as I am, I know Amrit is also just as invested as I am. Mm-hmm. Like the Bibi Khan part, I, mean, I would never be able to do something like that alone because yep. it's 24 hours in a day. I'm there for 12. She's there for 12. Yep. 12 is still a lot, yep. right? But it's like, oh, it's okay. Like I can go to sleep now because Amrit will come. Mm-hmm. And, like that bond that was created, right? That's, it was very easy to do things with her and we're very aware of like, oh, like these are your strong suits and these are my strong suits. Like split the work. It's very fair. Mm-hmm. And like um, when it comes to like managing things, my whole life, my literally whole life, my dad was like, you can't be home. You have to be somewhere. You have to be a soccer. You have to be a swimming. You have yep. to be a Santia. You have to be a Keaton class. Like you just cannot be home. Mm-hmm. And because we were constantly juggling things our whole life, it just kind of became a common thing. So no, I don't think it was ever challenging. But I do know, like, um, like I made a post on Ajdi News one time about guilt, school and guilt. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people resonated with that because yep. I think, this, uh, especially like religious kids, right? Most of us are just coming into Sikhi and we're like, so like, whoa, this world's amazing. One yeah. go like full on. Yeah. And like, okay, like 2 a.m. Nithinim and like, Panjgranti Nithinim. I'm like, yo, that's awesome. If you can do it, good mm-hmm. for you. And I don't want to say like, don't try to go for the biggest and the best. Yep. But what I've seen is when people put such high expectations on themselves and then they fall, mm-hmm. they fall from a really much higher level. Yeah. And that hurts more. Mm. Right? So it's like, okay, yeah, like um, when I'm in school, I like Sunday we have classes. Amrit um, guys, those guys start, start at um, two like mm-hmm. I do, but they stay until eight for Gatka. Yep. And I'm like, I can't commit to Gatka. I can't commit to Keetan class. I'll mm-hmm. be there for Santia and mm-hmm. Gurmat class. So... I know like where I can prioritize stuff, what I can't do, what I can do, yep. and what things I know that there are sevadas there who can do it, and mm-hmm. I don't need to do everything. Like during forty days summer, like we used to do prashade on the seva, yep. and you know I would t- come to prashade, and then they would put another tear of atta, and atta, it would be so big, yep. like I don't even know, like forty pounds of atta, yep. and they make bronte two times, and they make prashada two times, like four times they would do that, and then I would be like stressed out because I'm like, yo, I have to go to school, yep. but there's another like whole like thing of atta that who's gonna make this atta who yeah. make these rotia and then like the second i would walk away to go put my jacket on a new baby would come mm. and it was never like oh just because you couldn't come like yeah. you couldn't do the seva the seva's not gonna get done i yeah. always learned if you can't do it you're not that important yeah <laughs> gurusa will send someone mm-hmm. to do the seva don't worry they know what's good mm-hmm. right so like that was a easier for me like even if i can't do it We've spent so many years like training these bibia yep. to teach Santa. Like we're not teaching them Santa just for fun, right? Mm-hmm. We want to make them into a thoughts. And now yep. almost all of our students are teachers too. Yep. So it's like I don't, it's not a big deal if I can't do it because mm-hmm. we went around teaching so many people who are now going to go teach more people. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that some of the people that reach out to you feel lonely. Mm-hmm. For those BPM that are in contexts where they feel lonely, but they there isn't much sangat around them that they can engage in, do you have any advice for they for ways they can um, circumvent that feeling or improve their situation? Um, their version of sangat would have to be online sangat, mm-hmm. right? So they do a lot of online classes with us, like um, just normal santia but then when we have time like we have bigger chunks of time we just do a poti class mm-hmm. where we really like translate art and stuff like that and yep. that gives them more chance to kind because of, santia is very like structured right there's yeah. not a lot of talking a lot in santia mm-hmm. versus in like poti class or translation say that's like oh i think guru is saying this and you learn more about them you become friends with them mm-hmm. and 
then they do things like they tell you to come to their house and they yeah. want you to come all the way to like UK and Calgary and like <laughs> they then you become actual friends and you see each other, right? Yep. But I think online sangat really helps them. And honestly, I think a lot of people think that the gurdwara is like not for them. Yeah. But hmm. I think you can learn a lot at the gurdwara. And and if anything, it's actually nicer because you don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. Now you're just around Gursik souls. That's it. Yep. There's no like drama attached to anyone, no gossip or anything. Because like you don't know what's going on in anybody's life. You guys are just coming in and you're just like black dots yep. in a sense, right? So I always like recommend. I'm like, you score the gurdwara. Like let what like clean the sangat jode, wash the sangat. I was like, one thing I learned at Malton was like, I used to come to the gurdwara in the morning and like it's like four a.m. Like the most like peaceful time and you think like these are like next level gursiks who are coming here at mm-hmm. 4 a.m every day 40 days yep. and like some of them like they were like not amritari some of them were like doing save on the fund some of them were like had like they're all levels of gursiks but i was like mm-hmm. watching them and i'm like their level for sikhi is so beautiful yep. but we decided that oh this person has a haircut this person wears makeup this person's mm-hmm. like this they're not they don't understand sikhi yep. but everybody's on their own journey right mm-hmm. you can learn so much from people Regardless of the way they look in Sikhi or not, mm-hmm. right? You go to Malton in the morning and you're like, you would never guess. You would never guess these people like would come in the morning and the mor- yeah. come and do seva for that many hours. Mm-hmm. Or do Simran or whatever they do. I'm like, you, there's a lot to learn at the Gurdwara. Yeah. So I think like, that's the biggest thing I tell them. Like, even if you're not having fun wherever you're going, go to the Gurdwara, watch the Sangat. They're very strong. Yeah. So in this journey, you've served as a role model for many too because you've created some of those spaces. Have you had any role models that have inspired you to to join the path or move forward on the path? Um, it, when it comes to like coming into the key, like my sister, yes, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my whole life revolves around trying to give back to the people who gave back to me. Yeah. Right? So like, I know I wouldn't be anywhere without those people as well. And those are the three people that I like. Sangat, yes, specifically, because they're like was a big part for me. My sister mm-hmm. because she brought me into ES, and yeah. then Bhagati because I know half of the stuff I'm doing is like it's because Babaji's hands on my head, mm-hmm. right? And then there's people trust what I'm doing because of Babaji mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Is there a lesson that they've taught you that stands out? Any of the role models? Bhagati pretty much always tells us like two pangtian that we it doesn't matter when I go to see Babaji, they're always like, um, right? When you start to forgive, that is when you can finally taste Amrit. Mm. There's a lot of hatred in our in in, in general, right? People yep. have a lot of like clash with different jates and different ways people do things, but it's like, yo, who are you, right? Like mm-hmm. just forgive and go on, and that's until you don't forgive. Now moving forward. Yep. There's that until you don't become this rain of Sarab, the Charantur of every single person, you're not going to lose yourself Once you do you then will meet Guru Sar. So do not ever have ego that you are ever accomplishing anything. Mm-hmm. You are nothing. And you your goal in life is to continue constantly be the Charantur of the Sangat. Mm-hmm. They'll say Pankti's like, Go People always always say, like, I can't ever say anything other than that Pankti. It's because Babaji, every single time I go to Babaji, I'll say anything and they'll be like, They say that Pankti. Mm-hmm. And it's like any of your Vidyai, any amazing things that you have accomplished, it's not you who's actually accomplished them. Yep. It's Guru Sahib's Vidyai. Mm-hmm. Guru Sahib's gone, right? Even like our Vikars, that's not you either. That's your Vikars. Mm-hmm. And so we need that separation between your actions versus Guru Sahib and all that stuff. Like, Babaji's biggest thing is like, like, don't have grief, be never think of yourself as a great person. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest lesson like I've learned from Bhagati is that trust the Sangat, respect the Sangat, and never think of yourself as great. Interesting. Um, that was your journey into Sikhi. We're going to switch gears into your journey to becoming a chiropractic or chiropractor, but currently as a student. So where have you studied over the years, and how did you get to where you are now? Um, I did my degree in biomedical science at Ryerson. Mm-hmm. 
and in like first or second, I think Babaji got their stroke in uh, 2016. And that's when I became more close to Babaji. I used to go there every day, two to like eight hours sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And I was really focusing on like exercises that would help a stroke patient and how we could like help Babaji get better. Yeah. And that was like a big focus for Babaji too, because Babaji loves moving. Mm -hmm. And so I would watch Babaji, like, with, like, like their um, left side was completely paralyzed, mm -hmm. but the right side was good. And sometimes I watch Babaji, like, give somebody a punch, like Simon Gigi or something, yeah. and, like, you could see, like, Gigi kind of just, like, flop over. Yep. Because that's how strong Babaji is, even just from one right side. Mm -hmm. But this hand, like, it was completely closed and as a clench, but um, it was clenched. You could never open it, and we worked really hard to, like, open it up mm -hmm. and get Babaji, like, mobility back in there through, like, exercises and that kind of stuff. Yep. And, like, through the few years, I watched Babaji's hand go from, like, completely closed mm -hmm. to, like, kind of like this. Yep. They're never going to get full motion, right? Mm -hmm. But it was, it was really cool to see that. I was like, wow, like, your body exercise can do something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, people told, like, you know, most people tell somebody who's in their 80s and has a, like, has a stroke that you're not going to walk anymore. You're, mm -hmm. like, dependent on people. Like, this is it for you. And, yep. like, I watched Babaji take, like, laps and laps and laps mm -hmm. every day for hours and they would have like a, like this machine that they put in their hand and they would squeeze it all the time. It, yep. It's hard doing that stuff for mm -hmm. so many hours. But Bobby did it all. And I kept researching more and things about this. And I would read their papers that they got from the physical therapist. And I'd be like, wow, this is something I want to do. Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, I don't know anything though. And I still don't know much. Like I'm very like confused about what everything even is about because mm -hmm. there's so much knowledge. But then I decided, like, let me go to the hospital and work, uh, uh, volunteer with a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, my favorite thing in the world. I know my sister's not a fan. Yeah. But for me, I had a really good first impression. Because mm -hmm. in the hospital, you're working with acute patients, yep. people who just had surgery. And those people are known to, like, uh, recover much faster. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, this mm -hmm. is what happened. These are the exercises. They're coming four, three, four times a week. Yeah. And they're actually abiding by their exercises. In the hospital, you watch them do their exercises. Mm -hmm. in, in, like, clinics, private clinics, you kind of just give them a piece of paper and hope that they do it, which yeah. they don't. Yeah. And then they wonder, why didn't I get better? It's like, well, you didn't do your exercises, right? Yeah. Your, your medicine is right there. You're not doing it. Um, so that was really nice to watch that in the hospital. And... Like, we saw little babies that are six weeks old, and then I would see, like, sports athletes who just said, hey, like, um, an MCL tear, or, and I'd be like, okay, like, this is interesting. And then I would see, like, an elderly, Tuesdays was, like, Indian Day to me, because it was all Bibian, like, Indian yeah. Bibian, like, uncles and babadis. They all had knee surgeries, and I was like, okay, so this is something very common in our community. I see this, mm -hmm. right? So I was just slowly, slowly, like, gathering information and learning exercises, learning how to, like, document it, and... It was the best part was documenting it because it's like you would see first week like they did this many reps, this many sets, this much weight. Yep. And within 12 weeks, they like double, triple it. I'm mm -hmm. like, wow, that's amazing. So then I like, I was at that point, I'd already decided, I was like, this is what I need to do. I need to be in rehab. Mm -hmm. But I'm not that smart. <laughs> so my GPA is not the best. I think my GPA at the end of fourth year was like a 3.3. .3. Mm -hmm. You can't like, I know, and everybody in STEM knows that you cannot do nothing with a 3.3. .3. That's a nothing. And, um. So then I started thinking, like, in third year, I was like, I'm not smart enough to get into physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And so I started, like, going, all right, so i got to figure out another path to do. So I applied to physical therapy. I didn't even apply to Cairo the first year because I was like, doctor, no way I'm smart enough to be like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I applied to physical therapy, didn't get in. Applied to occupational therapy, didn't get in. But I applied to a bunch of random programs as well because I was like, I don't, like, I'm so set on physical therapy because that's what I know. That's what I decided to pursue and that's what I decided to research. But... There's probably other things out there in the world that are fun too. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know because I won't even give them a chance. Yeah. So then I started to like talk to like Jasleen Benji about respiratory therapy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like I went to Michener because uh, I applied there for respiratory therapy and ultrasound because it's mm -hmm. like a in between a university and a college, yep. like somewhere in between some of the institute. It was very well respected school and stuff, but it's a little bit easier to get in. And I was like, okay, I can do this. Applied to the two programs where I was like, I have a chance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got into both. and Which ones were they? Respiratory therapy. So what Jasleen Benji does and the yeah. ultrasound. So like sonography. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And I had no passion for either. Yeah. I was like, I don't care about these things. I didn't even know what ultrasound was. Mm -hmm. I just chose it because I was like, respiratory is three years. Ultrasound is two years. I was like, if I need to be bored and sad in my life about having a job, I'd rather be bored and sad faster. And yeah. just be out of school. Yeah. So I literally chose ultrasound for that sole reason. I was like, mm -hmm. two, three 
tourists. Yeah. And <laughs> before that as well, like uh, all of everybody I knew was like getting married and having babies. And I learned about like midwifery then. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like what's this? <laughs> so I was just like <laughs> learning about everything I could possibly yeah. learn about. And uh, I was like, like, and then I was like looking it up and all these Amritari Bibi were like, oh, one thing is like, I feel they were like, I feel uncomfortable that there's no Amritari. Like, I think there's three, but not even Punjabi Sikh, but just Punjabi Hindu mm-hmm. or like just some are Punjabi Sikh, but most of them are just general Punjabi people, right? Um, midwives in Ontario. That's it. Wow. And. I was like, okay, there's like a lack. There's mm-hmm. something going on here, right? Because like giving birth is such an intimate thing. And I was like, we should probably have like Amritani Bursiks in this field. And I, mm-hmm. I like, get really discouraged with the fact that like Canadian Sikhs have been here for so long and we're just starting to scratch the surface. Yeah. Like, like you look like all these other people, like they're like already high up in the field of everything. And I'm like, yo, Punjabi people are smart. Why mm-hmm. are we not up there yet? I'm not because we don't bother to go out, right? Like to figure out other things. We see three things, and those are the most three challenging careers in the world, and people get discouraged. Yep. Midwives are like, I would, I still believe like they're better than OBs, right? Like, OBs are amazing too, mm-hmm. but like things that midwives and for people say, but midwives is that oh, you get an hour with your midwife, and you get there's times where you don't even have any more questions to ask ask your midwife. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's how it should be, yep. right? Like all the women in my life that are older they're like sanuki patasi right like half of them are giving birth laying down mm-hmm. like on epidurals medicine like they don't know how to advocate for themselves they don't yep. speak english yep. obis don't have time to explain anything to them there was mm-hmm. no punjabi obis mm-hmm. there who could even translate stuff for them like the stuff they went through is so traumatic mm-hmm. and that's because there's no sick people in the community who are there to like tell them what's going on yep. and i was like that's not fair right like the way we're supposed to give birth is supposed to be supernatural. And mm-hmm. Punjabi people, midwives come in Gurbani, like Dai. Yep. Comes in Gurbani. Gurnayantir Jihad Dai. I mm-hmm. was like, this is the way we're supposed to give birth. And mm-hmm. like, like, why are we not using it, right? It took yeah. me so long to even explain this to Indian older people. Because they're just like, yeah. nee, doctor they jana ya. Mm-hmm. And like, they did not trust the fact that Dai nal karna ya. And I'm yeah. like, no man, like go back 100 years, everybody uses yeah. Dai. And it makes it easier too. So I was like, okay, like maybe I'll do this because I like, I wanted to give that space for Amrita Bibi. Like, oh, how do you explain your kashara to a doctor, your mm-hmm. kirpan to a doctor, your like your kada? Like, I yeah. know, like I've gone to get X-rays done, and she's like, take your kada off, right? And I'm like, no, I can't, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I have to keep it on, and I can advocate for myself. Yep. I can, and I know what X-rays are. I know mm-hmm. that yes, there's a risk. But I can put my, I can take my card off, put it in my hand, yep. and pull my hand all the way out, mm-hmm. so that I'm not in the way. Yep. But there's so many times where I've seen older people, and they're just like take their card off, put it on the side, even mm-hmm. though like they're Amritari and they want to wear it, but they don't know how to say yeah. anything. Same thing with birth, right? People are just told take your kashara, do this, like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But if you have an Amritari person there, they can say, oh, you can tie your kashara to your leg and still yeah. have birth and not have to go do pesh after for that reason, yeah. right? So, okay, yeah. I'll do this. And I talked to a bunch of midwives. I looked at, like, the salary of it because I'm, like, I think about that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a need. Like, I would have, if I got, if I became one, I would be the first Amritari midwife in North America. Mm-hmm. And I still want someone to do that. I just wish somebody would do that because I chose chiropractic now. Yeah. But um, I applied to all the schools. In Ontario, there's, like, three. There's, like, mm-hmm. Ryerson, Trent, and one mother, mother's McMaster, and then I applied to UBC. Like I don't know why I decided to decided to apply there because only two people get in outside mm-hmm. of Canada, outside of UBC. Yep. But I was like, I don't know, just do it anyways. I was yeah. like, it'll be good practice. That's why I applied. Um, I didn't get into McMaster. I got on the waitlist waitlist for Ryerson, mm-hmm. and I got into Trent, and somehow I got into UBC. I'm not really sure how. I think pretty yeah. sure like they gave me because like the way I look, right? Like, I would be the first one. It would be like something they could put on their website or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, okay. Uh, then, but the more and more I talked to more midwives, this was a very challenging decision. I was like, yo, I don't want like the hours. Mm-hmm. I'm a very structured person. Like, I'm yeah. very like, I like to be places on time. I like to know what's going on. And the fact is like midwives, they work like 48 hours, sometimes straight. They don't sit. Mm-hmm. They don't get breaks. They, um, they get paid really well, but, for the work they did do, they should probably get paid more. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, I, I can't stand if somebody just called me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Baby's coming. You have to go, right? Like, yeah. That's too challenging for me, especially when I have so many commitments like Santi and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't, I can't be a midwife. Right? It's hard for me to make that cha- like decision because mm-hmm. I was too midwife. I was midwifery. I was actually passionate about Like I got yeah. my doula certification. I translated that whole course into Punjabi. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Punjabi people don't know what's going on. Let me yeah. make, give it to them, right? And... um. I was like, Chalo, honey, karna. like, but I didn't get into physical therapy. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to kind of suck it up and go into ultrasound school, even mm-hmm. though I don't like it. And I just had zero idea. I like walked into the first day of school and I don't even know what ultrasound is. Yeah. <laughs> but then I chose ultrasound, right? Yeah. Then um, I hated ultrasound. <laughs> I hated it so much because it's dark. Can't talk to anyone. Yeah. And That's you true. just sit on a chair. I was like, I do not like this. I'm like supposed to talk to patients. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's going on. And people are coming for ultrasounds. If you're an OB, right? Like they're coming for happy news, like baby. Yeah. But other people are getting coming for uh, ultrasounds. They're coming because they have most cancer. Yeah. There's something serious. They're sad. Mm-hmm. They're like stressed out. I'm like, I'm like that's kind of sad. I don't want to be around people who are sad all the time, right? Yeah. And then I like got my personal training i was like i need to try for rehab again like that's my true calling i need to go there mm-hmm. so i tried for rehab again applied all over again did my courses again got my gpa higher went from a 3.3 to a 3.8 yeah. um did personal training license started working for the city as a personal trainer opened up car in progress so i could train people get more experience and i applied to american schools this time i was like more open and got into the american schools Second, I got into the American school. I was like, bye, ultrasound. Like, I hate you. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, it was good learning. I liked the learning, though. But I was like, I don't like the job. Mm-hmm. And plus, I had a full-ride scholarship, so it didn't really affect me. If yeah. I dropped out, like, money-wise. Got into American school, and I was like, oh, man, I don't want to go to America. <laughs> like, but I was like, this is my only option, right? So then I was like, okay, I have to go to America. Yeah. And then I was waiting for my Canadian responses. And then I got into all the Canadian schools. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, now i got to make a decision between physiotherapy and chiropractic. And I was like, now I don't know what to do. Because yeah. before that, I was like, only physio, not chiro. I can't mm-hmm. go to school for four years. And then I had to talk to a bunch of chiros, talk to a bunch of PTs. And I like, I also worked with everyone. Like I worked in sports clinics, worked with like, um, geriatric patients, worked mm-hmm. with babies. Like I did everything. So I was like, yeah, I don't really know because there, is there even a difference between physio and Cairo? I don't yeah. know. And then I was just like, you know what? Like, Cairo's have one more thing in their belt. And I just like to know more things. I just don't want to be the dumbest in the room. So I was like, okay, I'll just get more information. Mm-hmm. So I, was like, I chose Cairo for that reason. As well as, like, you know, you want to fulfill your parents, like, that Indian dream. Like, maybe could you talk to Like, yeah. so I was like oh, maybe I'll do that too. But I told my dad, and he's just like, okay. <laughs> I was like, it didn't do anything. Anyways. But yeah, like, then I chose Cairo. That was a long, everywhere. But everywhere. I mean, yeah, I think it just speaks to the fact that almost there hasn't been a linear journey on the podcast yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that's part of the beauty of picking a career in a field that you actually enjoy. Because you realize you have some control over your choices. But it takes a lot to get to that space where you're like, okay, this is what I want to finally do, where you can have some control over your career choices because there's a lot of lack of control to get to that point when you actually have control. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned that your dad was, like, wasn't different when you told him you were going to yeah. be a chiropractor. Were there ever any conflicts when you went from, I think for parents it can be also very stressful when we're trying to pick our careers because at the end of the day money is being spent on programs. Um, yeah. They want us to have some sort, of, uh, some sort of certainty about what we're going to do. So when you were going through this path, were there any discussions with your parents? Did they express any concern? No. Pretty much, like, we had free-for-all. Like, decide what you want to do. And I think mm-hmm. that's also why when I choose a career, I, I look at the salary and that kind of stuff. It's because when we have kids in the future, it's like, oh, I want to give that to my kid. Where mm-hmm. they can kind of, like, jump around from wherever they want yeah. and figure out what's going on. And not have the stress of money. Because I have lots of friends who have to say, like, I can't go to school. Like, yeah. I have to work this year to save up money so that I can apply, mm-hmm. even apply to a university or a yep. program, right? And I was like, that's it. For me, though, like, I, I'm very, very aware of my privilege to be able to jump around from here to there and to 
test the waters and that kind of stuff, right? But I also want to acknowledge that there's people out there who have so many dreams as well, but they just can't get there because of finances. Mm-hmm. And um, yep. I think that's something important to like discuss. And I think like Punjabi Sikhs tend to think like money is jad quite often, right? Like money is so dangerous and it makes you greedy. And I'm like, you can make you greedy if you want it to make mm-hmm. you greedy. Yeah. But it could be a very powerful tool as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why you choose your career. Also, like, be happy, but choose your career based off of the fact that yep. how are you going to survive in this world? People mm-hmm. think about, tell me all the time. Like, I have people tell me, nothing's going to go with you. Money is like, what's the point of getting this education? What's the point of gathering all this money? And I'm yep. like, then go sleep outside. Yeah. And I'm like, then who are you? You're seeing this while you're in an insulated house with mm-hmm. heat, with food on the table. You think that money just came from nowhere? like you had to work for that money and do you want to work yeah. for the money like how our parents did which is like truck driver construction builders taxi drivers or would you rather get that option to be happy mm-hmm. while working and not have to work such a physically demanding yeah. job and like so when people don't take education seriously it makes me so mad yeah i'm like you have any idea how lucky you are like we we like especially as women i'm like go i went to india like 20, 2019 mm-hmm. i wasn't even allowed to leave the house yeah i'm like there's restrictions put on women there in general and it's like and then sick people restrictions there's so mm-hmm. much stuff that you got to take into consideration yeah. I'm like here there's nothing nothing is stopping you from becoming the best version of yourself yeah it's all on you now yeah right but financially no nothing parents never said anything like i paid for my undergrad by myself mm-hmm. and I got scholarships for a lot of my programs. This is the first time I'm asking my parents for money to pay for my schooling. Yeah. But other than that, I paid for majority of my life, majority of the things I wanted to do since I was 15 because I started working when I was 15. Yeah. Yeah. How was balancing working with school? Because a lot of people who are in full-time programs tend not to work. I feel like it might be easier doing undergrad, yeah. but doing it for all these years, was it a was it a challenge? I don't work during chiropractic school mm-hmm. um, because that's like, I've never done anything more challenging in my life, mm-hmm. ever. So I did stop working at the city, and I don't like have clients for car in progress either. But I did work throughout, like I work in the summers. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't work during the school year, anyways. But during high school, I worked, and on I I like I said, I'm not like a smart person. I don't strive for A's. I strive for B's. Nice. <laughs> I'm like pass. That's all that I yeah. care about because I don't think school essentially is like where you do your real learning. Mm-hmm. I think you're doing your real learning in the clinic no, and sure. with the patients and through your experiences. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't really care about getting A pluses. If I did, then I would probably just have to be like a like a a hermit and just sit at home and study all day. And yep. I have too many things that I want to do in my life. So yeah, mm-hmm. like working, I do it in the summer, and again, it's easier to work when and balance things out when you don't have such high expectations of like yeah. you to get an A plus. And I'm like, I don't care. I love how this is where we differ because Yeah, you're you're like a strive for the best. I know. I no, know. That's not that's not necessarily me, but <laughs> it's the demands of, of certain career paths, right? Mm-hmm. Um a lot of what especially in my field, a lot of what um to get those jobs, to structured recruits, the first step in the door is your grades. Yeah. And then after that, it's your personality and yeah. experiences. Yeah. But the fact that you have to push to get through that that first door, mm-hmm. um, I found that very interesting. Um, how did your experiences in your undergrad programs and even uh, going into ultrasound studies differ from what you're doing at CMCC now? And for those who don't know, <laughs> CMCC stands <laughs> for the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College. Um, and the opportunities are are already very um, limited in terms of studying chiropractic mm-hmm. in Canada. So how do those studies differ? Um, university is very, you do you, right? Like no one's helping you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in your class, there's 500 students in the class. Your professor does not know who you are. They do not care who you are. And also, if you're not going to take the step to like talk to your professors and make them your friends, mm-hmm. don't ever expect them to know who you are. And I don't care to talk to my professors, right? Like, yeah. I know a lot of people say, like, you should, and it's good, like, reference stuff. And then that screwed me over in fourth year when I was when I needed references. Mm-hmm. So I would, like, I'm like, oh, shoot. But the thing about, like, references, though, is, like, these professors, they're, like, really chill. Like, mm-hmm. you, most of them don't want to do anything personal. In so, undergrad like, or CMC? Undergrad. Okay. So it's, like, I wrote my own references. 
And I was like, yeah. I sent it to them. And I was like, if you want to sign this, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they did. Nice. I was like, thank you. Um, but most of them actually do want, don't want to write it. They yeah. just want you to write it. And they just want to sign it. Yep. But they're there to support if like uh, that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, university is just like you you figure out everything on your own. Yep. There is no help. And versus like high school, if you're in like a 20, 30 people class, and like your prof- your teacher knows who you are. It's, everything's very like hands on, mm-hmm. like projects, and it's very like happy. I think university was like not happy. Everybody's yeah. just like going in and going out, especially commuter schools. Mm-hmm. Michener was very cool because we that was during COVID, and so that was like a really weird vibe. I was like, wow, what kind of school is this? Right, like mm-hmm. you learn everything online. But I loved it. I loved not going, getting in a car and going to school. I, yeah. I hated commuting, but um. Oh, this is interesting, but they would, their system was different because they would do classes. We would look at ultrasounds all day, and then there's so many breakout rooms, and I hate breakout rooms because <laughs> like you have to talk and you get put on the spot and yeah. that kind of stuff. But genuinely, it was a good experience. Like mm-hmm. after I was like, yeah, everything I know is because I was tested like right away. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you read? Like that kind of stuff. And I was yeah. like, in the moment, I hated it, and. No matter how many times you put me in a breakout room, even today, I'll still hate it. Mm-hmm. But I can tell, like, it made a difference because I was tested right away. Yeah. And that was cool. And then we did labs in person. So we had to go to school and then we had to do ultrasounds on each other, which was something that I never experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uncomfortable, right? Because when you do ultrasounds, you have to, like, take your shirt off mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, this is something I've never done, right? Mm-hmm. But you just kind of have to like, use that's the one thing about being in the medical field right like you have to be very open with your, your body mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff and um so that was that was still cool because i got to like literally watch myself build my skills with an ultrasound machine mm-hmm. versus university there's no yeah. they don't let you touch nothing it's just books yep. and then chiropractic is the same thing we have like labs five six labs a, a week right and we're like eight ten hours of lectures a day like mm-hmm. It's like you, the amount of knowledge you're taking in there is insane. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of like hands-on work and they're really cool. They don't make you just do adjustments all day. like. Yeah. But they're also like, okay, how do you do interviewing skills? How do you mm-hmm. find the patient's problem, right? Like William Mosser says, the patient is already telling you the diagnosis. Yep. You just have to listen to him, right? Mm-hmm. Or her. So it's like learning how to figure out and like problem solve and de- make your differential diagnosis. Okay, this is what they're going through. These are my four things that they might have this. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are the four things I'm thinking. These are the tests I'm going to do to rule these in and out. Yep. So like it's very hands-on testing you constantly. Like so There's a lot of, it's not just educational stuff, right? It's like everything you keep learning in, in class blends in with like 10 other courses. Mm-hmm. It's like if you take like biomechanics, you're learning about the, like the glenohumeral joint, like your shoulder joint, right? Yep. But then in anatomy, you're also learning about the bones and the muscles. And you're okay, mm-hmm. so if I don't know the muscles, then I don't understand biomechanics. Yep. But then in like x-ray class, you're learning how to read the x-rays and what's mm-hmm. the problem with the dislocation. Okay, so if I don't know what a normal uh, shoulder looks like, then yep. I can't tell if there's a problem. Yeah. Right? There's Then in rehab, you're learning, oh, if they have frozen shoulder, like they can't move their shoulder. Why? What mm-hmm. muscles are like? It's just like all interconnected all yeah. at once. Interesting. How do you retain all that information? You're constantly tested. Oh, okay. Right? Like that's the thing like if i don't know what's going on in x-ray mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on in anatomy mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on in anatomy i don't know what's going on in biomechanics yeah like you have to like your study completely the way you studied in university is not how you can study in cairo school you have to change and what resources does the school provide to help you build your practice and career because undergrad in today's day and age it's the base but you have to do more to build a career when you're at CMCC, you're one step removed from actually starting your practice. So does the school offer any resources to help you yeah. through those stages? Um, if you go into the like the CC, like the CCO like websites that we only have memberships to, okay. uh, they have like business okay. classes and mm-hmm. they like have every like two weeks they have like a seminar mm-hmm. where like somebody who is like um, uh, a leader in chiropractic comes yep. and they talk to you about their struggles and then you get to ask them questions like right there yeah and they have like business club and then they have like massage addict and other rehab like companies come in all the time and like you can like network with them and be like mm-hmm. maybe i want to promote this product in my practice yeah how do i do that you get their card like it's like very it's like they give you so many options of mm-hmm. how to connect with the world outside of chiropractic school okay interesting 
education aside, um, because obviously you have to be a capable student and someone who wants to learn what you're learning if you want to be successful, what other qualities should a chiropractor have um, that you believe will help them be successful, help them be um, someone who's there for the patient? I think the biggest thing is like empathy. People are going to be different than you, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, we're very in this world that everybody should be the same as us. And I don't understand how this world, this person lives. And that just doesn't make sense to me. Why do they do this? And yeah. it's like, who cares? Not your life. <laughs> Let them live the way they want to live. Yeah. Let them make the decisions they want to make. But that comes from empathy, right? You have to be okay with the fact that somebody's going through something and you need to help them. Mm -hmm. Regardless if they want your help this way or that way, you need to figure it out, yeah. right? You have to tell them these are the risks and the benefits of this exercise and this thing. And if they say no, you have to be like, respect that and say they don't want to do that because of this feeling or this emotion. And mm -hmm. you have to figure out a different way to help them. Yeah. Because you're, it's not your body, right? So empathy is a big part. Uh, being a healthcare worker, like it's not just about um, just diagnosing and treating, right? People, like in the hospital, even I used to have patients, like we used to have patients who would just start crying. It's like, they got better and then they're not getting better. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of mental health stuff that comes into when people are, people feel very vulnerable with doctors and healthcare workers that they can just, they can share with us. Yep. So you need to be able to empathize with them and be able to understand them. And like, if you can't as a healthcare provider understand that, oh, like, you know, somebody's an engineer and they're sitting all day at work and then you're telling them you should be like um, exercising this, 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 and they're also a dad and they have kids. And then you're like, do all these things. And if you don't get better, that that sucks, right? It's yeah. like, no, <laughs> figure out how to change it for their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Be empathetic towards their world, right? Like everybody's different than you. And then I think problem solving just automatically comes into that because yeah. no one's going to listen to you exactly how you said it. Mm -hmm. So you have to figure out different solutions. Interesting. Right? And what's been the biggest challenge studying to be a chiropractor so far? There's study-wise, it's just hard. <laughs> 15 courses at yeah. once right so 15 15 yeah wow yeah in the semester or the year the year wow. so you do 15 courses all year round essentially so like tripled our workload mm -hmm. um so that would be like the hardest challenge just like keeping up yeah that's why for me i don't care about the a's i'm like 15 courses i'm not getting a's i'm mm -hmm. just passing and every upper year or grad they just say it, they're like just pass yeah because like, it's very hard to be smart in chiropractic school mm -hmm. and in just in general about chiropractic i don't know if what i wrote here is okay but I like this lack of education in our community mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of people do not think chiropractic is a real career yeah <laughs> <Don't> <watch. laughs> i never said anything <laughs> called it the pseudoscience i didn't <laughs> you did i did but that's a joke <laughs> <laughs> but that's like a common misconception still yeah. right even I didn't really understand chiropractic, right? Because mm -hmm. there's not a lot of education. It's a very, it's a fairly new uh, mm. profession in Canada and very like newly legalized and everything, right? Think about it. We only have one English-speaking school in Canada, yeah, and one French-speaking, so we don't have many options. Mm -hmm. um, and like I, when even when I used to be at the gym, people would be like, "Yo, like my neck hurts, I and this hurts, right? What should I do?" I'm like, "Yo, go to a chiropractor." And yeah. they're like, like, that's what people believe, that yeah. we're going to break your bones. And I'm like, yo, that's not what we do. But that's on us. Right? We didn't promote our profession well enough. Yeah. And like, mm. we are, like, and there's like negative connotations about us because like American people don't have as many like um, regulations on mm -hmm. how they can share the profession. Like they're all over mm. like TikTok and Instagram, like doing yeah. the most craziest things. And I'm like, what are, like how are you guys illegally allowed to do this and still hold your license yeah. they don't have those regulations hmm. canada we have regulations for everything yep. what you can do what videos you can post are you allowed to put patients in the videos no you can't who do you use a patient to like represent something how do you promote your business on social media because that's a really important thing mm -hmm. okay you need to use a co-worker you need signed forms you need you need to call the cca you need to call the ccpo like there's wow. so much stuff that's put in the legalities of it right mm -hmm. so those negative connotations, a lot of them come from like the Americans on social media. They're trying to break those things. Yeah. Um, I think that would be like from the professional world. Um, academically, we already talked about it. And then from a personal point of view, I think the challenge is that it's really lonely. 
I have a really, really good group of friends. Mm-hmm. Amazing group. Like, I've never thought I would be friends with these people in my life because I've always been just in the Punjabi Sikh community. Yeah. And I've only been friends with Punjabi Sikhs. Mm-hmm. So on the first day of school, like, I cried. <laughs> I was like, I'm so scared. Yeah. Because I had never gone to a school where I didn't know anyone mm-hmm. since grade four. Yeah. So even undergrad, I went with my best friends to from high school to university. And we yeah. did every lab, every class together. So that's not normal. So I was like, I don't know anyone. And then I sat down and then this one girl, Grinder, sat beside me. And she was like, my name is Grinder. And I'm like, hi, I'm Jessie. And she, then later on, she's like, the reason why I sat beside you is like, she looks like me. Yeah. But then I became friends with like everyone. Like mm-hmm. the black kids, the Chinese kids, the, the white kids, the other brown kids. Like now I have brown friends who are like from South India. And like yeah. some of them are from like other countries. I'm like, wow, I would have never thought like to be friends with all these people. Yeah. But it was like really scary. Mm-hmm. But still, as as amazing as it is, it is to have such loving friends and people who accept you the way you are, it's still lonely being the only Amritari person again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been my life for even university. I was always the only Amritari BB in class. Yeah. And now in your clock, CMCC, I'm going to be the first one Amritari BB to graduate from CMCC. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm like, I just wish there was just one more. Just one more. Anybody. Yeah. Even if it was a saying, even if it was a BB, just like one more Amritari person would be nice. Yeah. Um. So in that sense, it's lonely. But the people at school make you feel so comfortable that it's you You can get over that because mm-hmm. they're really nice. Yeah. But I think that's something that takes a while to kind of get used to. And then the other thing is just like, it's this the field is very uncomfortable. You have to like, um, people are touching you all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're in your personal space. Like, um boys and girls like you have to like adjust boys and boys adjust you you have to adjust girls and they adjust you and like people are like just constantly taking their clothes off in class like it's a very just like freeing type of program right and then like i got like religious accommodation right so i don't have to take my clothes off but like other people are just like doing whatever they want like thank Mm -hmm. god they have religious accommodation because then i would have to do that too Mm -hmm. but it was like that's like uncomfortable as well it's like people are always up in your space, yeah. I think. Another challenge that has is being talked about more nowadays is burning out. So do you ever burn out? And A, how do you either recover from it? Or B, how do you prevent it from happening in the first place? I don't know if I burn out, honestly. I'm just really, really serious about what I'm okay with doing and what I can mm-hmm. handle. Yep. Like, I would love to teach Gatka and Kirtan and Tabla and all that stuff and do yeah. When people ask us to do talks all the time, I'm like, oh, I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I got to go home and study. Really, right? like, I have to like be aware of like, when I can do things. Like My calendar is like my best friend. Yep. Every single thing is like scheduled in there. And I have scheduled time to like when I can work out, when I can eat, mm-hmm. when I can meet my friends, when I'm going to work on sevas because like, we have other sevas apart from Santhya. We need to like do mm-hmm. translation seva for both these or Babaji. When I'm going to study, when I have, then you also have to put in your classes and then your labs. Like, yep. there's a very limited time, uh, but you essentially have to really look at your calendar. And I think people kind of, people who don't use their calendar are the ones who burn out. Mm-hmm. Because if you assign t- time slots for everything, even, like, and I mean everything, like, even when you're going to chill, yep. you're, you're, you see, it seems to be manageable, mm-hmm. I think. You just don't have that high expectations on yourself. I'm going to do everything in the world. You got to mm-hmm. let some things go. Yeah. Right? How do you choose what you're going to let go? For me, the when it comes to like Sikhi aspect, I've only cared about one thing my whole life, and that's teaching Santhya. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I've committed myself to doing that for 10 years, and I don't see myself, Guru Sahib Gerpa, hopefully, like doing, for the, doing it for the rest of my life, right? Yep. Um, but I was like, that's something I won't take away from in my life. Mm-hmm. For me, I always say like teaching Santhya is like breathing. Yeah. If I don't have Santhya, I feel like I can't breathe. And so that was something I was like, nope, that's not coming out of my life. And I tried to like incorporate more things in my life. Like I like fitness, but I was like, oh, like jiu-jitsu, this, that, that. And I was like, no, I can't do this, right? Like I have to choose one or the other. It's either mm-hmm. swimming, jiu-jitsu or just gym. And I was like, I'm just going to gym it, yeah. right? Like that's it. The movement comes in like... um sunday classes yeah i would love to do all the all of them but nope santhya is more important to me and so like mm-hmm. i chose what's more important for me in my life even like at school right like there's classes 
that I don't care about, like biochemistry. I don't know why we're learning biochemistry. I, yep. like, it's such an irrelevant course to me as a chiropractor. But I'm like, okay, sure. Or like histology. Like histology is literally looking at cells at times one billion. And I'm like, when am I ever going to look at a slide yeah. in chiropractic? Like, what's the point of this? And professors say it. They go like, this is just so we meet the regulations, but you guys will never use this. I'm like, mm. so then, like what? Yeah. But I'm like, okay, so if it's not a priority for me, I'm just going to screw it and just mm-hmm. get whatever grade I get, pass, and just dip. Yeah. Versus anatomy, biomechanics, like adjustments, like CT class. I'm like, rehab. I'm like, okay, these things I'll use. Mm-hmm. I prioritize this class over this class. Yeah. Interesting. If you were, we're going to take a blast to the past now. If you were able to speak with first-year undergrad Jesse, mm. is there any advice or lesson you'd want to give her? Yo, do the easiest degree possible. <laughs> and I think you've heard me say this to a lot of people too. Yeah. Don't go for like the hardest school and the status. Like, yo, I got to go to Waterloo or McMaster. People want to, like, people's houses are different. I don't know. For me, I love being at home. Mm-hmm. Some people might actually want to move out and experience that. For me, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the status aspect, living away from home, I'm like, yo, like, living away from home is a quite challenging thing to do. Like, uh, on top of trying to balance your school for the first time ever, you're now balancing paying bills and Mm -hmm. making your food and doing your laundry. And it's important. I do think that I lack in those things, like how to be more independent because I've constantly been at home. And that's Mm -hmm. something in general where Punjabi kids are kind of like sheltered. Yeah. Because we never like were kind of thrown out there to go do that. Mm -hmm. But I was also like, yo, at least I got to like have food every day. and. Like, that's easier for me. But, yeah, just do the easiest thing you could possibly do, especially if I'm, if I'm talking from a STEM point of view, like science. Nobody cares about your degree. Your degree means nothing, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, like, 20% of people actually do research. Everybody else is there because they want to go and do, like, dentistry or physiotherapy yep. or, like, medical school or something else. Mm-hmm. No, one, no one actually wants to do biomedical science research. Yep. So I'm like, why are you wasting your time going to the hardest program? Like, it's already hard enough. Yeah. Do biomedical science at York. Do it at Paris and do it at Waterloo. It's always hard. Mm-hmm. Right? Why would you make it harder for yeah. yourself? And you need a high GPA. Like, my 3.3 was not going to get me nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had to work really hard to get that up to like a 3.8, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, why not just go to an easier school and just get the high GPA in the first place? Because yep. you're you can't do nothing with a bachelor's. You need a higher education in th- today's age, mm-hmm. right? In today's world, like you need a master's or you need a doctorate or you need like something. You really can't do anything with a bachelor's in science. Yeah. So I was like, don't care about anything, and then just talk to everyone. <laughs> I was so I was the kid who was like constantly calling people, texting people, yeah. watching YouTube videos about. Day in the life of a chiropractic student, day in the life yeah. of a nursing student, day in the life of everyone. Oh, I applied to nursing too. Forgot nice. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get in though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I just talked to everyone. Mm-hmm. I constantly ask people questions yeah. about their career and all that stuff too. And just go volunteer everywhere you possibly can. And if you don't like something, that's a good thing. Because now you know you don't like it and you don't yeah. want to do it. Like I worked in a pharmacy for two years and I was like, I hate this. Yeah. And this is a boring. Mm-hmm. Now I know I don't want to apply to pharmacy. Yeah. Right? So, like, just don't be so stuck in your world. Delve out. And now, switching gears to the future, where do you see yourself in a few years? Hopefully, still doing Seva. Still um, teaching Santia, if they allow that. Um, Continuing what I'm doing, honestly, I'm pretty content with it. And like being a chiropractor, that's kind of it. So we are headed towards the end of the episode. And what we like to do is ask the random five. So this is where I'm going to ask you five totally random questions just for the listeners to get to know you a little better. First one is, what is your favorite book? Harry Potter. <laughs> nice. What is your favorite quote and or Barney Punky? Um, what is one of your weird quirks? I'm very fast. <laughs> Do you mean like running or just in general? In general. Okay. If you could meet anyone in history, who would it be? And what's your biggest pet peeve? Slow or late people. 
I'm really glad I came mm. on time today. <laughs> now I know exactly why. Um, you're the first person this season who actually did the random five the way it's supposed to be, quick and fast. Oh. <laughs> for whatever reason, everyone this season has has given very long explanations for the five. But thank you for understanding the essence of the question. Before we end off today, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners? Um, forgive me for if I made any mistakes or said anything too harshly. I hope I never hurt anyone's feelings. So that's about it. Hope we'll hard or not exactly hard or bad. All right. That's where we'll end our episode today. Thank you for everyone who is listening. Again, if you have any feedback or questions, you can send them to podcast at experienceiki.com. But that's the end of today's episode. You've been listening to the Experience Siki podcast. 